Buff Nation. Let's go. Welcome in to DMBR Buffs Primetime. We are presented by Illegal Pete's. Illegal Pete's is hooking you all up with a little something extra this year. Spend $100 on gift cards and score an extra $25 for free. We have a very, very, very special show today. Three very. Yes. <laughs> First reason. I get three? You get three. <laughs> wow. But also, it is the 1,000th episode of this podcast. That is awesome. Incredible stuff. Congratulations. We of course, <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. We, of course, have Charles Johnson, former buff here, joining us on the show. Man, thank you so much for coming on. We're really excited to talk to you about Prime. Man, I'm, uh, it's, I'm honored to be here. It's a pleasure to be here. And uh, uh, we finally got some really fun, exciting stuff to talk about related to CU football, huh? Yeah. Amen. So I got to jump in here because long before a thousand episodes, there was a little show that I fell in love with called CJ and Clat, which was <laughs> legitimately like I, I just got into college and I kind of like found sports talk radio and you and Clat were doing your thing. And I was like, man, we got like two buffs talking Denver sports this is like my dream. I, I listen to you guys every day. So you guys actually were a big uh influence in me getting into this you know you, you that's a low bar uh, <laughs> I, I, I gotta tell you right now it, it, and, and it's funny you mentioned joel uh, in, in in the show we did back in the day and we always laugh when we get together because we had one and neither one of us knew what what we were doing <laughs> and um uh, we we thought we caught we you know just pull a prank on you know during the show so we call the governor's office during the, of Nebraska, the governor of Nebraska. It was before CU Nebraska game. We call the governor's office uh, thinking, you know, it was going to, you know, just fizzle out. Of course, we're not going to get down, the governor. Yeah. So we get the receptionist. We came up with something. You know, this CJ and Clad from, from Colorado need to talk to the governor. So they said, hold on, and we got to another person. We're like, uh-oh. And we're like, okay, yes, we're looking for the governor. This is Charles and Joel from Denver. Okay, hold on. I'm like, uh, oh, wow. <laughs> wow. And then the governor's chief of staff comes on. And we're like, um, <laughs> so Clat runs out the studio. Because <laughs> he's laughing. He's dying laughing. He runs out the studio. And I'm like, look, you know, uh, forgot what we were calling for. It. <laughs> yeah, we, we were a couple of boneheads back then. He's come a long way. I was going to say, he probably told some stories on that show that uh, he wouldn't want being retold now that he's so famous. <laughs> right, right. I, I know all the skeletons. I know where all the bodies are buried. You guys also at one point did a, de or a sports spelling bee for Collins, and I won it. Did you really? Yeah, with a winning, uh, I believe the winning name was Jared Saltalamakia, <laughs> catcher for the Boston Red Sox. <laughs> that is awesome, man. Yes. Yes. Wow. So wow. it's an honor to have you here, man. Really, Pleasure really appreciate here. your time. Absolutely. Let's get into the show then. Charles, I'm curious, when this whole process was unfolding, we saw a lot of rumors about Deion Sanders coming to see you just... Obviously, it was very surprising. I mean, maybe not surprising, I guess, with all the rumors, but... What was your reaction through the process and then when it was announced that Deion Sanders was going to coach the Buffs? Well, when I first heard the rumor, I was um, I thought, given the success he had at Jackson State and given who Deion Sanders is, I thought that uh, perhaps it would be a long shot because I had anticipated that there would be a, a, a few Power 5 schools in the, in the running. I knew of Auburn. It seemed like, I yeah. think, from a distance, that might be a more natural fit. Uh, then I was always worried about Nebraska, right? Because of, uh, because of uh, you know, they would throw a lot of money at it. I knew yep. that. Uh, as it turned out, 
neither one of them really had Dion on their list. And when they filled those positions, that's when it really became real to me. And I made a call, talked to Rick George, and um, just because I wanted to hear from the horse's mouth whether or not this was real. And he confirmed that this was real and um, wasn't a done deal at the point at that at that point, but that C was seriously being considered. Uh, and that it was a trip, man. I'll be honest, yeah, with you. Yeah. it was a trip to 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 be at that point. Yeah, uh, go ahead, Ryan. I was just gonna say, I'm curious, like when that news drops and you know it, it's you know confirmed that Prime's coming to Boulder, like what what's going through your mind? What is your first thought? Because we were losing it, like we we were sitting here waiting to go live because we knew it might be official yeah. that night, and I'm I was losing it, just like wow, <laughs> I can't believe like everything is about to change overnight. Yeah, and. To be honest with you, I even when I heard the news, I heard the news that night, uh, sh- shortly before it was was confirmed, uh, before it went public, I should say, and uh, I knew that things would be different. It wasn't until the press conference mm. that it hit me, <laughs> um, and I realized that this is even more different, even bigger than I had anticipated it would be, uh, and you know, here we are now. I think. The nation is is sort of, uh, you know, coming out of the, you know, the 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 prime fog right now because it is such big news. Obviously, when you were playing, prime time was in his prime yeah. as a as a player. Um, when you, you didn't were have in, to tell him my age, man. <laughs> no, <sorry>. goodness gracious, <laughs> man. But when you were at CU, what did you think of Deion Sanders back then? He's a phenomenal athlete, um, and I think that's that's always been sort of the Deion Sanders brand, just a phenomenal athlete. And he was, what we didn't know at the time was his shtick was who he authentically is. You know, back in 88, 89, 90, I think he graduated in 88, he, um, you know, he was such a personality, but it felt like a shtick. And over the years, you know, 10 years into his career, post-career, Hall of Fame, into coaching, he was always the same person. Uh, and you discovered that this is just all, this is just who this guy is. And so he didn't have to put on, you know, the primetime face. He was always prime. Yep. When, when the news broke, like, I had, like, seven different group chats blowing up on my phone. I assume you probably have some group chats that are a little more high-profile than mine. What did that look like? It was... Um, it was pretty amazing. It was pretty amazing. And here, here was the crazy thing about the group chat that uh, I have one in particular with uh, a number. It's about eight of my former teammates. And it's a, tra- a group chat that we uh, communicate on pretty regularly. And, I mean, guys who've had extremely accomplished NFL careers, all the way to guys who are extremely accomplished in their professional careers now. Um, and I think everyone was a little bit childlike giddy when the news hit which was uh fascinating i don't know that and i think i don't know i'm sure you all have probably talked about it i don't know if there is another name that could you could could substitute for Deion sanders as the head coach of cu that would have gotten equal or uh, even close to the you know that sort of buzz that you got with Deion. i mean maybe like nick saban well i mean right right right. but but even then like it's not quite the same, and we've just noticed it from the people who are tuning into this show. Like, Deion Sanders, Coach Prime is a national brand. Yeah. Everywhere, you know, we're looking at, like, where people are watching our show. 
There's tons of people tuning in from Texas because they're Cowboys fans who have followed him. You know, California, like all these places because he is kind of larger than life when it comes to, you know, the athlete spectrum. He's right up there with some of the biggest names. And it's just mind-boggling. Like, I, you know, you said it's it's set in at the press conference. I don't even know if it's fully set in for me yet. Like, I still have these moments where I'm like, Coach Prime is our coach. Yeah. <laughs> at CU. Like, that's a real thing that's happening right now. I mean, you almost have to pinch yourself. And, I, you know, again, I hate to sound like, you know, that guy. I don't want to be that guy. Yeah. But you kind of – we all are kind of that guy, right? Yeah. And um, uh, and if you really think about it, and to your point, right, if Nick Saban – Nick Saban is named the head coach at the University of Colorado. It's really about football. Yeah. With Deion Sanders, it transcends football. It's bigger than football. I got more calls and talked to more people about the University of Colorado football when he was named coach. Who don't he don't, who don't even know if a, if a football is blown up or stuffed? <laughs> right? they, they may have never watched a whole game before. Yeah. Um, I'm talking about... Um, women now who are doctors or who are attorneys that I went to school with. And they're like, Deion is the coach of CU. <laughs> and, and they're blown away by it. Yep. Something that we talked about in that first podcast we did when it just came through, it was announced. Ryan said it. They have their swagger back now. CU has their swagger back. You were obviously on those teams that basically define swag, define this program. It seems like he's already kind of brought it back, but how important is it to have that in your football program just for the recruiting, on-field stuff? Just how important is that? It's the life's blood of a football program, right? It is um, because with that comes the ability to convince top-notch student-athletes to come join you. Minus that, particularly in this day and age with all the social media, uh, it makes it tough. And so instantly, we talk about the instant impact that uh, Dion had uh, on this program, instantly CU um, kind of adopts the swag of Dion and benefits from what that's all about. And uh, again, you can see the, the immediate impact of that. Um, and it, even the 1989-90 run we had, it was a different day and age, minus all the social media. Um, that was a football swag. This is a different kind of uh, swag that, once again, like I said, it transcends football. I was going to say there's a big difference between Bill McCartney <laughs> and Dion. Now, Sanders. I'm going to trip you out with this now, RK. I really believe they are, through my lens and my experience, they are so similar. Ooh, I love that. Wow. They are really so similar. And, of course, on the face of it, you would say absolutely not. You got this, you know, this you know, sort of middle-aged African-American guy that, you know, that's bling and, yeah. and all about that. And then you have this, you know, older now, now uh, a senior and um, uh, white guy who yep. uh, was out of the school of Bo Schembechler at the University of Michigan. Mm-hmm. How could it be that these, these two guys are similar? They are extremely similar to me. One, they are um, unfiltered with respect to expressing their faith. Yeah. Right? And I've always said Bill McCartney was this combination of God and gangster. <laughs> right now, you tell me, Prime is not the so, combination of yeah. and gangster. That's perfect. Packaged differently, yep. But really, uh, the same. You know, just authentic. Like it or not, they're going to be controversial. They're going to say controversial things. Uh, they're going to turn some folks off, but they are completely committed to uh, the success of their football program and winning football. And they love the young men that they coach. 
I love it. And I also thought there was maybe a little bit of a um, similarity in in the way that they view running a program. Because Mac would always say, look, I'm not some X's and O's genius. I can motivate young men and I can bring them here. And I think that's how Prime is approaching this too because you look at who he brings in as offensive coordinator. This is a offensive genius, in my opinion, yeah. just watching uh, a little bit of Sean Lewis that I have. Like he's bringing in that kind of Baylor, uh, Art Bryle style offense. Like that is a guy who was brought here to run the offense, not to do what Prime says, I think. Same thing on the defensive side of the ball. You know, we heard a little bit about Mike Zimmer. It sounds like now it's going to be Charles Kelly. But it feels to me like that same sort of approach of like, hey, I don't need to be in charge of all the X's and O's. I'll get you guys the players. Yeah. You guys take care of that. You know, I've always said, you know, we oftentimes we talk about coaches that are successful uh, with language like, we identify them with language like genius. Uh, and it doesn't require a genius. The, you know why Nick Saban is what makes him a genius? Because he has more five-star athletes than yeah. any other program. <laughs> and you, you tell me or show me a Power Five program that has substandard or subpar talent that's in the running for a national championship. It's always the same folks. And if you look at the correlation between the top recruiting rankings and the top 10 schools in the, in the country, they're always showing up. And so you're right. Dion recognizes it. He was that guy. He recognized yeah. Yeah. No one schemed up anything that made Dion great. Dion right. was great because he had great instinct. He was a superior athlete, um, but he was just better than the people that he was checking or running routes against. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're here with uh, Charles Johnson, national champion, CU legend. I want to ask you a question about another coach that is on this staff. But first, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at Game Time. Game Time is the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports, concerts, and shows. Tomorrow night, Colorado State coming to the CU Event Center to take yep. on the Colorado Buffaloes. Check out the Game Time app for tickets there. It is near sold out if it's not already. That's going to be the best place to go. Might get a guest appearance from someone that everyone wants to see. Uh, I'll say we'll see. I haven't I, been. That's what I said. Yeah, Might. We'll mm. see. Um, if you love DMVR, then you'll love Game Time. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description. Join over 15 million people who have downloaded the Game Time app and score the best seats to all your favorite events. Also, shout out to our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official betting partner of the NFL, where new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. You can also check up their stepped-up same-game parlays where you can boost your winnings up to 100%. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the better your shot to win. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code DMVR. Place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code DMVR. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. The question I want to ask you, Darian Hagan, it seems like he is he going to... He's He survived another coaching change. <laughs> you obviously played with him. Oh, yeah. But what does it mean for this program to still have someone like that on staff? He's obviously a great recruiter, and he means so much to this university. Well, I think for... I thought, I thought it was wise, first of all, for uh, Dion to recognize who Hagan is as it relates to this program, yep. right? He's on the Mount Rushmore of CU. Uh, football players, no doubt about that. Uh, and you mentioned his ability to both coach and to recruit. Um, so you're not sacrificing anything there. I think 
again, it was wise for Dion to have someone on the staff who can bridge the gap between them coming in brand new and someone who's established and knows the nomenclature, the environment yeah. uh, up in Boulder and can help um, sort of that transition. So uh, I talked to Hagen sa uh, Sunday at the conference. He was unsure at that point whether or not he'd, he would re remain on the, st the staff, and I think uh, Dion was wise in keeping him. I think so, too. And there has to be something said for understanding and respecting the traditions uh, and, you know, what makes this program what it is. Obviously, I couldn't I've never been more open minded in my life to change at the University of Colorado than I am now. Well, you know, I'm like, whatever Dion wants to do, let's do it. But <laughs> it's at, amazing what winning yeah. almost no games. does. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's like, you know, I've been saying on this show every day, like, probably some uncomfortable things are going to happen in terms of people that are in and out of the program. And one of those people I was worried about that was Hagen. And I'm glad that he's around. You know, I kind of look at it this way. Like when Jake comes in to cover the buffs, I'm like the one who's saying like, all right, so here's, you know, uh, what our history is. And this was like one of the biggest games and you got to watch this and you know, all this stuff. Like you kind of need someone there to just point you in the right direction. And, and, you know, Tell uh, Coach Prime that Ralphie is a she. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, you we laugh, but you're right, right? It's, uh, it's uh, you know, it's, it's the little things that, that this sports tradition is all about that matters. Um, of course, Prime will get a great deal of leeway be to, to the point that you made. I mean, this, this program has been so starved uh, of success lately that um, – you know, we're open. We're wide open right now. And even still, uh, there are things that make the University of Colorado unique. And to have someone who understands that and can translate that message, I think is huge. We've seen all these recruits, transfer portal players already receiving offers. It's the caliber of player that is being offered at this point is drastically improved to what they were getting last year. I know you don't really know, but what are you expecting in year one of this? What, how good do you think this team could be? Well, two different things there, right? Now, yeah. how good could the team be this year, and how impressive could this recruiting class be? I think right now, so we look, you split that up and break it up into like two seasons. You have the, the season before the season start, which is, you know, right recruiting and, you know, summer camp and spring ball and, and all of that stuff. Um, I'm curious about that. And here's a, here's a, a bet I'm willing to make. I think in the last 25 years, CU has had, I think four, five star players, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. If, yeah. I think it's three in the fourth just committed. I think we'll have more in this recruiting class than we've had in history. <laughs> That'll change I think the we'll game. Have, yeah, That'll that, change that's the a, game real that's quick. It's game changing stuff, but I think we will. For a number of reasons. Now, obviously, we wouldn't be having this conversation if Coach Prime wasn't here. But I think what people will find, and I, thought, I think Prime found this, the facilities and the environment at CU is far more impressive than he had anticipated. Um, and I think once you get players on campus combined with who that guy is and the, the, the magnetism of his personality – I think this, we, we'll be pleasantly surprised with how, how effective that combination is going to be. Yeah, and I'm interested to how much 
even the location of Boulder and, you know, what Boulder is matters in this context. I heard from someone that a player recently committed who, after committing, said, where's Boulder? (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, that's how the game has changed, though. Right. Right. Okay. I mean, if you think about it, you know, the the game is social media almost is a replacement for reality. Right. Like that where Boulder is, is almost a secondary consideration for a lot of kids. What what a primary consideration. And I heard Dion say this uh, during the press conference and, and his address to the team. Cameras are always running. He makes it a point to help boost the profile the social media profile of yep. players. You know what that does? It, it, it increases their NIL value. Um, so he, he's playing the game at a different level. And I think uh, kids are wise and smart enough to understand that. I think so too. And I also think that the culture around the football program is going to be different than anyone has ever seen here. And I think that will of, that will help, you know what I mean? Like I, you know, I actually watched uh, Gospel According to Mac recently, and you were, you know, you were in there talking about kind of how there were challenges about, yeah. you know, being in Boulder as an African American yeah. back that in that time. But you also mentioned having Coach Mac be such an advocate was huge, and I think the same thing is going to the same effect is sort of going to take place with Prime. I think you um, you mentioned a, a very important word there, culture. And um, I, this, again, I'm so reminded of, this reminds me a lot of that period between 1987, right around 1988, um, when sort of there was an influx of, of uh, some of the nation's best high school players from inner cities all around this nation, coming into a, a place like Boulder, right, that was foreign to many of us. Uh, myself being from the inner city of Detroit and, and, and the enemy, L.A., and Alfred and Canavis, uh, um, yeah, Houston, or Houston, from Houston, sorry, Texas. Yeah. And so um, it, this reminds me of that a great deal. And this is where I give big time kudos to uh, uh, Chancellor DeStefano and Rick George. By the way, Rick George was on our staff when we were playing. Yep. He was the recruiting coordinator. Yep. So he understood that transition. This is a bit of a leap from a cultural perspective. Of course. And we have to keep in mind uh, that there's work to do there. There's yep. still and will always be work to do there because um, – we will, for the first time in a number of years, have student athletes that uh, really had their choice. That they could, they could, they could be at SC in LA. They could be in South Bend at Notre Dame. Many of them could be at, in Tuscaloosa. They will choose Boulder. And the question is, how accepting will or receptive will the culture be to an influx of kids that were the you know the pick of the litter, the creme de la creme from a student athlete perspective? Um, so that's going to be something we're going to have to continue to keep our eye on and make sure that transition works. I also find it notable, though, you're still here in Colorado. Yeah, yeah. Al's still here in Colorado. Chad's still here in Colorado. Darian's still here in Colorado. It's a long list, RK. Yeah. And, and you make a great point there. But we're old men. <laughs> <laughs> we're not 18 and 19 anymore. And uh, I, think the, I think your point is well taken, right? Um, if we could get over that initial hump, um, you find a lot of said Dion figures, right? I mean, George Hemingway. That's a long list of, of guys who uh, made Colorado home because it is such a special place. Um, but it's for an 18-year-old, 
for many of them, it's going to be something completely different than what they were accustomed to. Absolutely. You're a little bit of a social activist yourself. I mean, when you were at CU, you were president of the Black Student Alliance from 1989 to 91. You were also student body president from 1990 to 91. What does it mean to see coaches like Deion Sanders not only get these opportunities at places like Jackson State, shine a light on places out there, but to get these opportunities in the Power Five now, too? Yeah. It's huge, right? And I know he's taken some heat from uh, some in my community around leaving an HBCU, which I think is uh, ridiculous, to be honest with you. Um, every year we have this conversation. Arkan, you and I have probably talked about this at points in the past, about opportunities for black coaches at Power Fives or in the NFL. Um, of course, Dion's journey, his path is unique in part because of who Dion is. That said, um, you know, I, I think it's vitally important uh, to see uh, sort of the progression of opportunities open up. Irony there is a place like Boulder, Deion's yeah. the third African-American coach in a row to head coach uh, the, to be hired in this. First time that's ever happened, by the way. That's, which that's it shouldn't exactly be. right. Yeah. That's, that's right. should not be a thing we're saying, but I'm, I'm glad it's us. Right. That, you're, you're absolutely right. It's a sign of progress. And you know, to your point, uh, Jake, you know, progress for me never happens fast enough. And when it happens, we still have to recognize it. Reminiscent of the Mac era as well, because Bill McCartney, I think, for the, for the majority of his coaching career, had more black assistant coaches than probably all D1 schools back then. So there's, um, Boulder has a, uh, a history of, of opening doors um, and uh, a given opportunity. Of course, that's a, you know, that's a mixed history because there's been some challenges the other direction, but uh, we have to recognize uh, and uh, pay homage to when those opportunities present themselves. And I'm, I'm glad that CU is on the forefront of that because you have a place like Nebraska who, other than Mickey Joseph as their interim coach, has never had a black head coach in any sport on campus. Well, wow. I don't know if too many brothers and sisters want to hang out in Lincoln anyway. So. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> That's a party you can choose not to invite me to if you don't want to. Uh, before we get back to the show, real quick, I want to shout out our friends over at Breckenridge Brewery. Football season is back and Mile High is ready to see what this new look Broncos team has in store, unfortunately, what is that? That's a, old, it's an old that's read. That's why I, I tell apologize. you, don't read the copy. Uh, <laughs> check out, uh, you can get all those great beers over here at the DMVR bar. You can get the Mountain Beach Sour, uh, Brian's or uh, Ryan's favorite, the Buddy Pass. Uh, uh, yep, right there. <laughs> yep. Uh, check out the beer locator over at www.breckbrew.com to find a Broncos Country Pale Ale, Mountain Beach Sour, all those great Breck beers near you. I want to ask you a question kind of about Nebraska, Charles. Obviously, it's a oh, huge game. Yeah, yeah, let's go. Let's it's go. a huge game. First home game for Coach Sanders at CU. What can we expect from this? You know, I've, I've, I've actually been thinking about that game, more so than a, TS, a TCU game, obviously, and uh, which is the opening game next yep. year. Mm -hmm. um, they could very well be the defending national champions. Uh, right. that game it's on the played. table. Um, and I, but I thought about the Nebraska game a lot. One... I have so many more recent memories memories of Nebraska of that stadium being about 50% red, right? I don't think we have to worry about that. Uh, I anticipate that this will be a packed, sold-out uh, Folsom Field uh, throughout the season, but certainly for that game. Um, I think both programs with new head coaches, 
um, both underachieved, having underachieved for the last several years, it's gonna be, it's gonna be interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Um, don't know what to think of the game itself, but I think the atmosphere and the environment and the lead up to it is gonna be something that we haven't seen in probably 30 years. I couldn't agree more. Well, I, I, I take that back because I gotta give my man Daniel Graham and that, yes, that what's that, that yes, 2001 yes. team, I gotta give them credit. I think we oftentimes overlook how impressive that team was with uh, Chris Brown and of course, uh, DG and, and, and those guys and uh, 6236, we can never forget mm, that. Yes, Amen. I, uh, that was the first year that I went to every game was in 2001. I've only missed three since then. So, wow. I, yeah, that's, I, that's I, I love those guys. Um, I do think, though, that atmosphere is going to be unreal. The TCU game this year, the atmosphere was really good. Yeah. And that's a team, a fan base that had nothing to be excited over, to be honest. And next year, I like I, I, they're gonna have to turn students away. Like I don't, or I don't find more space for them because <laughs> this year the student section was overflowing for that TCU game, and these students are going to be starving to see this team on the field. Give you a story, um, uh, Daniel Graham and I. We, you know, every year we look at like how do, how do we we go to we come together and figure out whether we want to do a, a, a loge box or mm-hmm. uh, club seats or whatever. So we decided the week before Prime was higher, we're going to do some loge boxes in the end zone. Uh, you know, the boxes yep. that's in the north end zone. And um, so we call and we get our reserve spaces and the whole deal. I called yesterday just to see what the impact of Dion Sanders been named head coach was. I said, I want a loge box, you know, and, and I'm, I'm a anonymous kind of yeah. ticket seeker. Uh, and I said, you know, what would the cost be and what's the availability? Three, a waiting list of 3,000 people. <laughs> they said there are 3,000 people ahead of you to get one of those boxes. And wow. I was like, you got to be kidding me. Uh, but that, you talk about immediate impact, and we've talked a lot about recruiting, but from an economic perspective, and, and, and not to mention the apparel and all the other things that will... Um, impact that uh, that uh, the athletic department but that's huge yep um one of the other big things that came, comes along with Dion is Shador Sanders he's going to be the quarterback of this team what do you see when you watch him and can he make this jump from FCS to FBS in year one well he was a highly sought out high school quarterback uh, obviously joining his dad at Jackson State um so I expect Shador to come in and be um, ready to to handle you know this environment. I will say, um, I hope that Shador doesn't prevent other top-notch quarterbacks from considering mm-hmm. Colorado. I think that's the one danger you have in um, almost granting or announcing that this is going to be your quarterback. He kind of pulled back off of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but with transfer portals and uh, options that kids have now, uh, that that could be the one thing that that's one thing that I'm keeping my eye on. I think it'll potentially cause a problem for them this year um, in terms of recruiting yeah. a, a quarterback because you know he still has two more years of eligibility after this. I think starting next year, going into that recruiting class, though, it's hey Shador's got one more year, and then it's your show after that. You know, right. I mean? or RK, I'll roll with that. 
Yeah, all right, let's go. <laughs> it's different than when, you know, Dan brought Cody in and it was like, oh, that kid's going to be there for four years, you know? <laughs> That's a good point. That's <laughs> um, a good point. Obviously, no one knows more what it takes to uh, get to a national championship or get to that level at Colorado than you uh, and your teammates. Is it realistic in – in 2024, that's when it expands to 12 teams. Is it realistic that this thing could get turned around that fast for CU to at least be in the conversation that year? Well, if you think about it, I think um, all the chips are stacking up, right? And no way would I sit here today and say a program that's been as down as long as CU should expect to be in a national yeah. championship conversation uh, you know, a year from now. That said, um, the Pac-12 is an interesting yep. environment, assuming SC and UCLA, as we should, will leave and enter the Big Ten Conference. Um, what, what's The conference becomes manageable from that perspective. Right. Uh, and CU, while they have a lot of work to do, you get great players on campus, you get a year under your belt, you have a familiarity and understanding of what, what this is all about and what it takes. Why not be in a conversation, right? Um, here's what I do expect is that by 24, uh, there won't be maybe one or two programs, maybe one or two programs in the conference that um, has a talent base as impressive as CU's. But CU will probably have to, and you mentioned having, you know, having been on a national championship team and participating, it requires more than just talent, though. They, you know, the leaders have to be established, and the tone that they set have to be established, and that takes some time, and we'll see if that can mature by that 24th season. So Love then it. for next year, what should – I mean, it's tough to say. Obviously, this roster is going to be completely overhauled as we move through the spring and summer. What should we really expect, though, just – Obviously, as you mentioned, they've been down bad. 1-11 last year, just really bad football. Yeah. Is five wins an incredible year for Deion Sanders? You don't want, want to go to six? I mean, is, is there something about six that is uh, it's a little scary? No, I mean, six would be great, too. <laughs> I, that's the bold, that's the bold yeah. number, right? I, I'll jump in. Like, there's no way to predict this right now. I, I've mentioned this uh, metaphor a couple times right now, which is like it's telling you to, to tell me how many wins your fantasy team is going to get before the fantasy draft. Yeah. <laughs> you don't yeah, know what the right. team looks like. Right. That being said, I honestly think Shador Sanders alone, along with probably Travis Hunter, who was the number one player in the country last year coming over here, like th that's your base, right? And you're only going to build from that. I I think setting the bar at five is too low, to be honest. But we have to see what the roster actually ends up shaking out. The transfer portal makes this, uh, you know, a completely different ball game than it was when Bill McCartney had to take three years of yeah. you know nothing before he could get this thing rolling. Uh, you you make a you make a great point. Now I'm I'm more of an under promise over deliver kind of guy, <laughs> and mm -hmm. so I don't want to say anything that might suggest a, a you know put any pressure on the program to perform immediately. Here's what I expect to see, unlike, quite frankly, what we're seeing. And, and God bless those kids that, that work their butts off at CU. But I expect to see this year a talent base that gives us all uh, a glimpse of what the future holds. Mm -hmm. Does that translate into wins immediately? Six, seven, whatever, five, six, seven wins. 
don't know. That's always in the balance. We're going to play some good teams. We open up at TCU. We got Nebraska here. I mean, real programs. CSU is going, you know, they're, they're, it's always a scrappy situation there. And then you get into conference play. Um, it's not going to be a cakewalk, but I do, I think we all will be far more impressed with the level of talent that's, uh, that's on display at CU. You have any other questions? You ready to open it up? Let's open it up. All right. What do we got, Allie? All right, let's super get to these chats. super chats. Let's go. All right, give me two seconds. <laughs> First one from East Meets West. How does Prime coming to CU affect the future of Pac-12 now that USC and UCLA are leaving? Pac-12 seemed to be failing, falling, falling apart. apart before this. Go CU. That's a great question, and I think that's one of the reasons why this, this hire was so big. We mm -hmm. started the show off talking about how the, the Deion, uh, Deion Sanders hire transcends just football. The college landscape is so scrambled right now, right? I have no idea. I don't know that any of us have a real idea what this thing's gonna look like two, three years from now. It was vitally important for CU, who I thought was on the cusp. Like, are we gonna be invited to the big boys party? Mm -hmm. Are we not? I think the hiring of Deion Sanders clearly puts us in the conversation for you know, the, the next move, the next move. That's yeah. exactly right. And consideration from conferences, whether it's the Pac-12 or others, it just heightens the profile and heightens the, uh, I guess, the acceptability of this program, despite how tough it's been over the last several years. If you could look in your crystal ball, what do you think is the best scenario for CU as moving forward? Is, is it staying in the Pac-12 or is it trying to jump on sh some other ship or conference that is blowing up? You, look, I'm a bit biased here because I'm a, Big eight guy, mm -hmm. translation, big 12 guy. Um, but CU is unique, right? When we were in the big 12, when we were in the big eight, we were the one school that was in the mountain time zone. Same is true with respect to the Pac-12 conference. Now that Utah is in it, that, that we, yeah. we, you know, there's a plus one there. So CU didn't necessarily have a natural place, right? We had all those ag, you know, state-based schools yeah. in, the, in, the, in the Midwest and in the South. And then we have these sort of West Coast schools that, uh, that's in the Pac-12. And so that said, I thought, it, you know, we, we're kind of flexible. We could, we could look left or we could look right. right. Um, now here's, I think, the, depending on how this all plays out, I think what Dion does is everyone is looking at CU for consideration now. We're top 20 market, too, right? So that's the other thing we have to keep in mind. It's top, top 20, um, you know, television market. Um, Big 10, I think, is the ultimate prize, in my opinion. But we'll see. Yeah, I mean, when this search started, I said this is, there's never been more in a, uh, a more important search in CU history uh, because – you're going to get left behind if you keep putting this product out there, you know? Uh, and you do have the TV market going going in your mind, but I I almost think that we'll one day look back at this. We have the miracle in Michigan. We might call this one the miracle in Mississippi because Rick George went and got <laughs> Dion out of there and saved us from essentially, you know, being one of the irrelevant programs that get left behind when it I've been joking like it's going to be the State Farm Conference and the Aflac Conference <laughs> and it's going to be the Big Ten and whoever else they want and yeah. the SEC and whoever else they want and everyone else is going to get left in the dust. Yeah, no, you're right. And so um, and that's why, again, the hire was so much bigger than football. 
Uh, and I think what, what's also happened, and CU has been, and to some degree, rightfully criticized for um, not valuing the importance of a top-notch football program. I've always said, uh, Bill McCartney, always, he kind of outkicked his coverage, right? He elevated the program beyond the infrastructure around it. Yep. Um, and uh, I think what's happened, though, is it's either you're in or you're out. I mean, either you're in the $100 million conversation or you're in a whole different conversation. Yep. And I think members of the Board of Regents, the, pow you know, the powers that be on campus, realized that and it reshaped the conversation about things like the tra you know, or, or accept accepting transfer students mm -hmm. and credits of, of students that we traditionally wouldn't accept because we didn't have certain majors on campus. So things are changing for a number of different reasons. Next question, Ali. I heard CU has only landed three five-star players ever, even with Dion. What is the allure for a player to pick CU over elite West Coast schools or an ACC or SEC team? Well, I think what Dion does is he brings the elite student athlete to the front door. Yep. Um, and once you bring that elite athlete to the front door, which has been impossible for CU for decades now, but once you bring them to the front door and they get a, a feel for what Boulder, Colorado, what that campus is all about, how beautiful it is, the facilities that are state of the art and can compete against anyone, that opens up a different opportunity. And then, of course, Dion is here. And he's, he's a step ahead, I think, of college football coaches, in part because of his, the magnetism of his personality. But he looks at things like social media profiles and how do we boost that? How do we, how do we get, get our players to have more followers so that their NIL value is increased? Things that young student-athletes are evaluating now that was never the case in the past. Yeah, I mean, I look at, you know, yesterday we were joking about this. A, a list came out. Who, who knows who made it? But it was the top 25 college coaches with the most and least swagger. Number one on the list was, of course, Prime. He is far and away has the most swagger of anyone. Okay, where do you find these lists, man? You yeah, come this was just on Twitter, man. I don't know. Number two. You are amazing. Number two was Lane Kiffin. Really? The gap that exists there. <laughs> so, you know, you're recruiting a kid from Mississippi or Georgia, and it's like you can play for primetime, or you can play for Lane Kiffin, or you can play for Matt Rule in Nebraska. Like, there's That's that, a, that would be an interesting list to to look at. Like, who else who's notable? Like where where was you know, I don't Lincoln Rowley, was he on the He was list? like ten. That's interesting. We'll pull yeah. it up after the show. We'll show yeah, you. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'd love to see that. <laughs> yeah, it, it, but it's just like that alone just makes a huge difference. Like on top of that, you have Boulder. You know, again in the uh, in the Gospel according to Mac, Coach McCartney takes you to the overpass right as you're coming into Boulder, and he mm, looks out there yeah. and he says, "You'd have to lose a bet to want to play in Lincoln, Nebraska, over <laughs> playing here." And it's like it's kind of true. Then I think you add in. I've always talked about this, and it hasn't really mattered over the past few years, but like. The black and gold, man, it has a power behind yeah. it. Like yeah. when dudes put that on and they, you know, they come on those recruiting visits and they put that jersey on, it just hits different. RK, you fire me up, man. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, man, I'm like this guy right here. I, I could tell you were reared in the in the tradition of uh, the University of Colorado, but that's what it's all about. Yep. You know, we could we laugh and joke about it, but it's it's guys like you who was sort of reared in the tradition, right? You feel the pain. You've 
for, for all of your life, right? Yep. And you understand the, the ups and downs and, uh, you, you know, you've celebrated the, the good times and you've, you know, sort of died with the bad times. Yeah. And that kind of passion is what's necessary. I think for too long it's been indifference or, or apathy, yeah. um, which is a program killer. It is. And, you know, I think it's what makes college football a little bit more special because people like me or, you know, anyone listening or several people listening, like, it's not just your team because you live close to it. It's your team because you went there. You know, yeah. you have that. You wore that. You went, like, it's a part of you. Uh, it's been a part of me since I was, you know, nine years old. So that's what's, that's why college football, I always tell everyone, is my first love. It's my, you know, it, it's just, it just a little bit different. Uh, and I went on a whole rant about this the night they got prime. It's like, I'm so happy for those people who have been riding through these, you know, rocky waters for all these years to finally look at prime and be like, we have hope to get back to where we belong. It's meaningful. And, you know, to that point, I'm, uh, as I mentioned, I'm a native Detroiter. So I grew up in a tradition of the university of Michigan. Um, and you know, their plan, uh, for the Big Ten championship this week, and I'm as excited. I'm, I'm almost excited as I am when I watch as, <laughs> as I am when I watch the Buffs play, and they score a touchdown, and I'm singing hell to the victors. Like, <laughs> and then I catch myself. I like, oh, I'm a Buff yeah. too, right? Yeah. But, but yeah, I understand. You're exactly right. It's it's what I, what I remember from my formative years, and um, and it just leaves that impression like nothing else. I want to kind of share a story with you because you said RK fires you up. So back in October, we did this thing. We created a tier list of 35 potential coaching candidates. We ranked them from S tier being superior, the top tier, all the way down to F. We put Dion. Yeah, we'll show you the list. We put Dion in the S tier, but we also put RK in the S tier <laughs> for those reasons. <laughs> hey, hey, listen. I didn't you, put me there. I put Jake. him there. You would have been second on my list. There we go. <laughs> uh, next awesome, question, man. Allie. Uh, CJ is the man. Would love to know your thoughts on the relationship going forward with Colorado high school recruits. You know, I, I think, again, uh, so many parallels because I remember this conversation being the case 35 years ago when, when Coach Mack sort of made Colorado a national recruiting destination. And, of course, um, um, you know, there, there's something about the hometown kid and crowd that's like, what about us? Don't forget about us. I think you'll see a little bit here. I think the product, the high school football product in Colorado is far better, and I think it's going to surprise Dion a little bit. Um, you look at a kid like um, um, the kid at uh, uh, Blake um, Purchase. Yep. Yes. Right? Kid, I coached mm. in Little League football in Green Valley Ranch, right? His dad was a classmate of mine, played basketball at the University of Colorado. Um but for Blake, but for Dion's arrival, I'm not sure that Blake would have considered the University of Colorado. Don't know that he is now. I know that I think he had committed to uh, Oregon. Oregon. If I'm not Oregon. But he did say last week, if Dion comes, I'll consider Colorado. See now, now think about this. See you considering the in-state uh, top recruits. I think the opposite was the case, right? I don't think the top in-state recruits yes. seriously considered CU. I think that whole dynamic shifts now to the point that you just made, RK. And so a kid like uh, Blake Purchase, um, uh, I guarantee you will take a long, hard look at the University of Colorado. 
Next question, Ellie. Look, I mean, just look at this. How oh, can yeah. you There it is. That? <laughs> That's the background on your phone, isn't wow. it? Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. Just searching for that picture. It's Allie, just so our producer, is also a buff. Go yes, buffs. Go buffs. All the way. <laughs> that is amazing. Yeah, I mean, just to kind of double down on what you were just saying there, I think that obviously this has just become a national recruiting operation, right? It doesn't matter if a kid is in California, Florida, Maine. If they're good... They're going to be on the radar. I don't know if we've ever had one from Maine. I don't think we did have a. You would know. We had a fullback from Alaska. (laughs) That's right, Brandon Drum. That's right, Brandon Drum. That's right. Uh, But if you're if you're good, you're going to be on the radar. But there is something to be said for having a few. I'm not one of those people that says, "Hey, you know, Colorado needs to be your main recruiting base," because I'm you know I'm realistic about the quality of players that are coming out of Texas and California and those places. But there's something about having dudes on the team that take pride in, you know, what it really means to be a buff. You know, you look at Philip Lindsay, who I think is the perfect recent example yeah. of this. Like when that team in 2016 was punching above their weight class, it was guys like him and obviously Cepho and some of that, those other really talented players. But Philip Lindsay is like the lifeblood of that yeah. team. And it's a guy who wanted to play at CU, grew up, you know, cheering for the buff. So you have to, you have to consider it and you have to get those top guys. And I think the the door just opened big time and you know you talked about not those players not uh considering colorado the way and now it's the other way around that's right i think that there was a time when if a kid went into you know his class and said hey guys i just got an offer from colorado it's like nice man you know like what about alabama what about oregon that's all gonna change now and you're seeing all these kids who get offered they're not posting pictures of the cu helmet maybe some of them are they're posting pictures of Prime. That's right. And so that's what the kid's going to say is, I just got an offer from Deion Sanders. Yes. And it just carries a whole different weight now. That's right. I, I, you know, I, I look at, if you just look back at the kids that's currently playing in college football now from Colorado, like I said, the product is a lot better than people give it credit for. College coaches know how good the product is here. And if, you, if you're getting the top players out of the state, you getting, you're getting young men who can compete against anyone in the country. Uh, Arden Walker now at uh, Missouri. You look at Blake Purchase's older brother, who's a starting cornerback at Iowa State, yep. who I was really upset with both those guys. They didn't end up at the University of Colorado. But uh, I guarantee you, if we turn the clock back three years, it's likely that they might be buffs. Yep, for sure. Um, do we have any other Super Chats? We have a question here. Can you all talk a bit about the trenches? The buffs have struggled to recruit OL and DL for a while how does that change? I'll let you guys talk. I actually want to talk about a tweet that Tim Brewster, I think, put out. It changes the same way everything just changed yeah. it, right? Uh, you know, you're. I think they already have a commitment from a six-eight offensive tackle. Uh, is it Jordan Hall? Was yep. that his name? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, you know, right then and there, it's just like you're getting dudes in there. It's not as if because Prime was a skill position player, he doesn't understand the importance of the trenches, right? Like, that's where this all starts, and it's going to turn immediately, just like everything else. Football is an inside-out, front-to-back game, and it always has been and always will be. Um, it's funny because when I was, uh, when I was playing, uh, when I was an administrator up on campus, uh, we would always evaluate a team not based on the skill of their perimeter players, but based on the size and athleticism of their interior players. I remember Nebraska coming to town however many years ago it was, and I'm on the sideline, 
and I'm looking at Ndamukong Sue, <laughs> and I'm saying, hey, man, we're going to have trouble today. Yes. <laughs> I mean, they don't make them like that. And, and uh, you, I think we'll begin to see um, that, that kind of physical, uh, that sort of impressive physical uh, stature of, of, of uh, young, young men who, who are coming to play for CU. Reminiscent of the time with Joe Garden and uh, uh, you know Alfred Alfred Williams and Canavis McGee. I mean, those guys looked like grown men. I mean, they were intimidating. Joe Steed, another Colorado a product out of Hinkley High School, who was a second-round draft pick for the Steelers. Uh, you know, he was an All-American nose guard for us. Jay Lewenberg. Jay Lewenberg. That's exact. Mark Vanderpool and uh, uh, all those guys, just great players and. Uh, great NFL prospects, and I think that's what we'll begin to uh, see more of. I couldn't find my tweet, so we'll have to get to it <laughs> at a later date. Do we have another question, Ellie? Super chat from the Gamer Boy says, Coach Prime told Rob J, my guy Rob J, on the pregame show on YouTube that you asked when Rob J was coming to Denver. New subscriber here. Yeah, so that was that was Jake in the press conference who asked him, hey, are you going to bring Rob J out to the Chiefs <laughs> game like you said he would? And uh, Prime and, and Rob talked about that. So good on you. Thank uh, you. You, you <laughs> got a mention there. Um, we, uh, we're trying to get Rob on this show. We so are trying keep to get an Rob eye on out this for that. show. Yep. Um, next question. Hey, fellas, we need packages for Coach Prime supporters. A lot of people want to come home to see you, to see you first home game. Need info on getting tickets, hotels, restaurants, and activities in the city or state. You got yeah, I mean, Ryan sheesh, right here. you're going to have – the tickets part is going to be the hardest. Yeah. Um, and CU is going to great lengths, as they should, to make sure the people who get their hands on those tickets are the right people. Yeah. Um, yeah, none that. of you folks coming from Nebraska, you need not travel west. Just <laughs> yeah. stay there and watch yeah. it on TV. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I will say there's a couple good hotels in Boulder – um, I would honestly recommend staying out in Louisville or Superior. Be a little bit cheaper. It's still like a 10-minute drive into the game. You look like a St. Julian guy to me. <laughs> no? I've, I, you know, I've set foot in St. Julian once, and it was to get a drink at the bar. <laughs> and all you could afford was one. Yeah, exactly. And I walked right back out. I was like, where's, uh, where's the walrus? So I need to get a 50-cent beer after that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of good opportunities out there. To, uh, to stay in that area. There's also, you know, Airbnb if you want to do that in Boulder. I've seen some people do that. Um, we'll hit you with all the – we'll give you like a whole guide uh, for some of you coming out here right before that game comes around. Love to hear it. We're about to hit an hour. Do we have any more questions? Just if Charles wants to give his favorite place in Boulder to go. Maybe. Oh, yeah. Wow, my favorite place in Boulder. I don't know that it exists I was going to say, anymore. Two Loggies isn't oh, there anymore. My goodness, man. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. i tell you my, my absolute favorite place – to dine in Boulder, in part because I love this guy. He, he means so much I know where this to the going. program. Uh, and I think it's one of the best Italian restaurants I've ever eaten at. Pasta J. Jay Olowski is, is the man, and the food is outstanding. Get down to Pearl Street and check out my man, um, Pasta J. Yep, you can get yourself a Hagen option. That's right. You can get an Alfredo Williams. That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, chicken clacciatore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a McGee special. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, he is as buff as uh, as uh, anyone I know. So I'll, I'll give my man Pasta J a shot. Charles, thank you so much for coming on, man. It's been Pleasure's an absolute mine. pleasure. Um, we'll have to do this again sometime. Hopefully. Maybe a game week or something. We can actually talk some football. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Thanks for having me, fellas. Oh, yeah, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Uh, we'll talk to you guys later on in the week. Uh, for everyone, Sco Buffs. Sco Buffs.